0: Now let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, friends! I am so excited to share with you my conversation with a girl who just exudes so much radiance, love, and light. Today, I'm speaking with the lovely Jordan Lee Dooley. Now, Jordan is a bubbly woman with a bold and fierce dedication to Jesus. She is the founder of the ministry Soul Scripts, and she is a nationally recognized author and speaker. Jordan has authored several Bible studies, including Wholehearted, which is a coloring book devotional. How fun does that sound? And she's also authored others such as Beloved, College, and more. She is happily married to her husband, Matt, and they have an adorable dog named Hoosier. The two of them actually also co-authored a dating series, you guys, called Navi Dating, which is a devotional to equip young adults to navigate modern dating with godly principles and perseverance. Yes, yes, yes. Jordan frequently talks about brokenness and how to overcome it with the power of Jesus so that we can stand in our God-given identities, lead in strength, and rise above culture. Today, Jordan and I dive into her gorgeous relationship with Matt and we talk about how you don't have to have it all together and what that actually looked like on a practical level in her dating relationship with Matt. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the ever so vibrant Jordan Lee Dooley. Oh my goodness, Jordan, girl, I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast today. You are just one of the cutest people on the planet. Your energy, (laughs) you're so I'm serious. Your energy, it's so contagious and lovely.
1: Well, thank you. That is so funny and kind of encouraging. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, I never – you know it's funny? You never really think of yourself as like a cute
0: person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, You're like cute. But that's cute? like really sweet here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I honestly think even though we don't know each other that well, girl, I feel like if our friend groups intertwine, we'd probably just have an instant connection of all the things. I seriously mean that. Like I – Probably. Especially if you like rainbow sprinkles, sweatpants, and messy hair. Girl, all the time. All the time. <laughs> Cozy Nights, in. Yes. Did you say sprinkles? I'm into sprinkles. Yeah. I mean, who's not into sprinkles? I know. Let's be real. Right. All the things. I love it. Um, it, cause sisterhood, it doesn't mean you have to know someone for years on hand. And it means sometimes you just meet someone and you're instantly sisters. Yep. <laughs> I That's love very it. True. That is very true. Oh gosh. I'm so excited to talk today. So I totally want to dive into, you know, your amazing relationship with Matt and how you guys navigated that together. But, you know, before we even do that today, I just want to talk about, a little bit and start off with who you are and, and touch on Soul Scripts, your wonderful ministry. Would you just be mm-hmm. able to share um, a little bit about all of that with us first today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was raised in... Indiana in the cornfield. Yes. I have um, horses across the street from my neighborhood Seriously. that I grew up in. So oh. my fun activities in the summertime included jumping in the pool and feeding carrots to
0: the horses because what is cooler than that when
1: you're eight years old? Oh my goodness, um, that's
0: so cool. You're yeah. you're way different than my bring- upbringing. I love it. I love it so much.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, right in the heart of the Midwest. Um, mm. I was the oldest child growing up and so Um, then I went to college at Indiana university and was in a sorority there. And that really, I think created a passion in me, just that experience through those kind of formative years Mm -hmm. really created a passion in me to come alongside, Women in those transitional times, um, kind of that young generation, everywhere from kind of 16 to 30, because the thing about those years is that those are years that include a lot of transitioning during those years from high school to college, or high school to a job, or college to a job, or college to no job, and then feeling really down on yourself, or yeah. um, marriage, or moving across the country, or seeing your friends get married. I mean, there are so many seasons of change, having your first children sometimes during those years, you yeah. know? So, um I really, in that season of kind of my few years during being surrounded by hundreds of women, literally every day, um, living in rooms with four or six other young gals, you know, I just got to hear so many stories Mm -hmm. and I saw so much brokenness, but I mean, I saw a lot of beautiful things too, but I also got to be right in the heart of people's brokenness, their pain. I mean, I went through Mm -hmm. some of my own, I mean, who doesn't and really just doing life with women in that way and coming alongside them. And it's funny because. Um, one thing I noticed is a lot of people would come to me for advice. I mean, I certainly didn't give the best advice, but I really thrived and loved getting to speak right into people's pain points. And even though I didn't have all the perfect answers, it just, I realized like, I enjoy this, and I have a passion yeah. for it because I love equipping people to take those steps outside of what might be holding them, or hurting them, or breaking them, and really helping them find more wholeness. And so um, mm. that kind of led to just getting started and expanding that beyond just within, you know, the walls of my sorority house. And I just started writing, and um, it, you know, there was a long story as to how that got started, but really it just became more and more clear as, you know, as college wrapped up and as I moved into the next season of life, just to continue stewarding that and not to let that. You know, that passion died when I graduated, you know? So yeah. that led to this, you know, entire thing that I never expected it to lead to. I was just writing and I used to just call it my full scripts. They were like my stories, it was what I was learning from scripture and just all these different things about how to live with wholeness and how to find freedom and walk in your identity. Like, Mm. what does that even mean? You know, like, let's talk about it. Seriously. So that's kind of what started soul Scripts, and it's grown and evolved in many ways over the last several years, but that is kind of the heart behind it. And so really my heart is to come alongside those young women, equip them in the word, equip them in truth, help them stand in their Mm. identity, walk you know, lead with a humble strength. You know, we in our society have all these like broken views of what strength is and it's all about power. And it's like, no, like let's lead with a humble strength because That's where true
0: confidence lies. Mm. And ultimately, to rise above the culture and to live with purpose. And so that's kind of the whole heart behind Soul Scripts. Oh, girl. That's beautiful. And I just, I have to say, I love how raw and real you are just in all that you do, Jordan. There's just an authenticity in everything you share and everything you write. You aren't afraid to get down and dirty and just share what's truly on your heart with your readers mm-hmm. and 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 people listening to you at events and even on the harder days. And I think that there's just something so beautiful about that that connects and resonates with others, you know, especially in a culture that sometimes puts it on us to have it all together all the time. Mm-hmm. I love Soul Scripts. I think it just serves that area so well and you do such a good job of that
1: thank you. You know, I just, I really have, and I, you know, again, like I said, it, it's changed quite a bit. And mm-hmm. for a while it was just my story, yeah, it's my writing. And then God really said, I want you to kind of expand the party, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's not a one girl show. Yeah. And so, you know, I've really, really been passionate about creating, you know, allowing it to be a space for community and like really a, a hub for intentional resources. And so that's what we're really building right now. And um, bringing other women onto the team, bringing other writers onto the blog, like allowing it to be a space for women to gather rather mm. than just, you know, a space for me to pour my heart out. That's so awesome. So it's been interesting how he shifts your heart when yeah. you, and he'll give you little visions at a time. You know, had he told me that three years ago, I'd have been like, uh, <laughs> oh. oh how to do that but yes
0: bring the right resources and I'm learning the
1: best
0: ways to do it so. I love that God just totally can sometimes just take like a small idea and make it so much bigger than we ever thought possible and I mm. love how that happens like even I mean to to be honest like even starting this podcast for me if you asked me six months to a year ago I never would have said I'm starting a podcast you know yeah and so, wow. okay, I do want to talk about you and Matt. You guys have a unique and incredible story, and I love seeing all your photos. Um, they pop up all the time on in my Instagram feed, and I'm like, oh, that cute <laughs> couple. They're, they're so <laughs> awesome. Would you mind sharing a bit about your beautiful story together as a couple? Absolutely. Well, we met while we were both still students
1: at Indiana University, mm. um, and that is a big school, not a yeah. small place by yeah. any means. <laughs> Um, so the fact that we met was even amazing. And honestly, the fact that we both ended up in that place, because mm. even just the meeting was honestly a little miracle in and of itself. And um, he was, you know, the year prior to that had thoughts about transferring schools. Mm. He's actually originally from Arizona. So the fact that he ended up in a tiny town in, in Indiana is like beyond me. Oh, my um, gosh. Wow. He, yeah, he ended up getting a thought- scholarship. And Mm. it's funny because he originally had gotten like a partial scholarship from Montana state. And so he was like set to go there, excited, ready. And then at the last second they pulled his offer. So then he was left without any scholarship. Mm. Um, and so he was really trying to figure out his next best step. And so he had the list of all the different schools that were, that had seniors at the position he was going for to kind of, call and just double check to make sure they didn't need a long snapper. And so <laughs> anyway, lo and behold, Indiana University said, actually, yeah, we do. And so they flew him out and he got to do like almost like a little tryout or something on the field. And the coach watched and right there offered him on the spot. Wow. So he ended up at in Indiana and absolutely mm. crazy. Um then after his first year, we hadn't met obviously at that point, we met later on, but after his first year he actually had planned he had been very seriously thinking about transferring to a different school. Mm. And so he was going to leave. And then, you know, on my side of things, I didn't actually want to go to that school. I'm so glad that I did now, like love my neighbors, but, um, you know, it was a little bit further from home than I had in mind, you know, it wasn't quite, it wasn't my favorite choice just when I was first looking at options. And, um, anyways, so then I ended ended up getting a scholarship there. So it was kind of a no brainer, you know, it was like, okay. So anyways, we both ended up at this place. Neither of us had really ever planned on going. Love and then later on a few years into college we ended up meeting on a night where he was supposed to spend time with someone else and I was supposed to go on a date with a different guy like we were supposed <laughs> oh, to be doing different dates and wow. both of those dates did not work out so oh
0: my gosh
1: crazy um so it's honestly just like all these little divine steps <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like put together Seriously, and he ended up you know he lived across the street from my apartment complex so we were <laughs> essentially neighbors um, Wow. so that's Kind of, we had connected online actually hilariously because we had mutual friends and I had a bunch of friends um, from high school that had watched onto the football team. So like I knew of him and he went to the same campus ministry that I did and knew of each other, but didn't know each other. And to be honest, I wasn't interested in looking for someone. I wasn't, I just like, even when I saw him online, I was like, he looks like a nice guy, but I had no idea who like his heart. I wasn't in any interest. It was just like, this is random. This guy follows me on Instagram and I follow him, but okay. <laughs> but then at one point we connected, I don't even really remember why, but um, he, we didn't like the idea of like meeting online because it was like back then when it was really weird. It was like the yes. first few months that Instagram was a thing, and no one who you didn't know followed you. you oh know yeah, I mean? that's why it like stood out. You posted to me. like these photos like, whatever, and you but... used
0: all the Instagram filters. And I, I remember yeah. all of that. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, like Nashville. Valencia, yes. The, like, oh my back gosh. In the day and the the frames. So... Those all the frames too. I think oh, I still yeah. if you like scroll far back I'm enough, sure I think I still have... sold him on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure
1: that's what sold them on me. Like all the Valencia. Right.
0: There was like <laughs> one or i always used i don't even know i do, they, the filter still exists i just never really used it i know neither do i and but, all the frames. Uh, anyway
1: yes i hear so you so funny <laughs> yeah so anyways um we very briefly connected and kind of within <laughs> within the first few minutes that we were just trying to figure out if you knew each other he's like well do you live near me like where, like what are, what area of campus do you live on like we were trying to figure out what our connection was and, um, long story short, we realized we lived actually on the exact same street. Crazy. So that could be another reason we kind of like recognize each other. And so yeah. he said, you know what, I'm just going to come over and meet you. And I kind of laughed, like, you know, I was like, this is just some big football player, like trying to flirt. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't take it seriously. I'm getting, coming home from gym and, um, I get home and I like, this is so embarrassing, but I'm going to tell this part of this story. Please do. So I go in my pantry because I'm a poor college student and I grab a bag of, dark chocolate chips because that's like all I had for a snack after having worked out I'm like I worked out oh my gosh (laughs) so that's what I'm shoving into my mouth when we hear knock at the door and I'm in sweaty clothes and shoving chocolate chips into my mouth and I like look at my roommates thinking oh my gosh he actually came over so you're like wait we met on honestly like I was on a high note when we met. No, I was at a low point low high, at that point. I'm yeah. like shoving chocolate into my face and sweaty and disgusting,
0: but it worked. I mean, obviously. if you liked we you then, then there you go, yeah. right? It's That's a true <laughs> test. Like yeah, if a guy exactly. can see you immediately, like barely any makeup, shoving your face with junk food, that's, that's a perfect telltale sign. <laughs> he, we ended up sitting there and talking for...
1: Four hours or something. Oh, I'm just like he says it like our hearts were old friends.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so. And sweet. Um,
1: it's true. It's really true. We yeah. just really connected on so many different area, like levels. You know those conversations you typically don't have to like date for. It was like yeah. all in the first five minutes. We had already like covered. You're like, okay, something is different here. Yes, at, from the very, very get go, you know, and yeah, I really just kind of got to know his heart, you know, and yeah. it was just really interesting to really connect on so many different things that you like kind of wonder if anyone out there sees the same way as you, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of our first meeting. And he says now, he walked, he told me a little bit later that he walked into practice the next morning his football practice and said to one of his friends, hey, I met the girl I'm going to marry last night. <gasps> so kind Stop. of, you know, just from the get-go, it had like such clarity. And it's not like yeah. it's been painted, it wasn't not, like painted across the sky. It was just this like, you know, it's funny because a lot of people like look for butterflies, you know, and yes, they're they're like. So true. And I I didn't really have butterflies with him. I have like an like an internal piece, you know. Mm. And I think in some ways, not that it's better or worse to have one thing or the other, but I think we are a culture that just chases butterflies so much. Yes. But the problem is like butterflies fly away.
0: Oh, it's so <laughs> you know, true. Like,
1: why are you mm-hmm. chasing that like that? Ex, that like adrenaline and rush? the spark. Like, that's not what's going to last.
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Some I call so, it infatuation. At first I was like,
1: is something. Yes, yeah, exactly. And at first I was like, is something wrong with me? Like, should I be more excited? But in, I mean, I was excited, but in reality, I just had so much peace. Like, okay, you know, here we are. That's so good. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how our relationship started. And from there, I just really stewarded it. And he was so intentional. I mean, like, yeah. from the very get-go, I think that's one thing that's kind of lost in our society. It's like, how often do we just go over and knock on someone's door? Like, that does take courage, you know? And then yes. the next day, I kind of expected him to send me, like, a text and say, like, it was nice to meet you or something. And all day, I did not get a text. And I was starting to worry. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he hated that I smelled bad. Like, <laughs> I was eating in front of him. Like, I had chocolate oh, my in my gosh, teeth. This Yeah. a failure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but then what was crazy is later that afternoon, like probably around three or four o'clock, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure exactly what time it was, but a little bit later that day, um, he called me and mm. my phone just rang and I about threw it. I was like, oh my gosh, he's calling me, you know, and he <laughs> called me and I was like, hello. And he said, hey, I had a great time last night. I'd love to come and pick you up and take you to dinner tonight. I was like what (laughs) so you know say what say what boy what yeah exactly he's so clear and so we ended up grabbing food and we went to the campus ministry meeting that we tend to go to and yeah that's so funny I love it
0: Oh, my gosh. So you've talked a lot about moving slow and standing steadfast throughout relationship and between you and Matt. And I love that. And you you dated for what, like three years, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so, okay, holy cow. So my question is, a lot of people wonder exactly, how do you navigate the pace of a relationship? Because to be honest, girl, I bet a lot of people are going to hear, oh, my gosh, they dated for three years and just think, bless her that is a long time so how do you mm. how do you suggest healthily navigating the pace of a relationship yeah well no two stories look the same right yeah. so i mean i've had friends that
1: were dated or dated for 5 months and were engaged and married within the year you know so there's mm. no like per- perfect setup it really is somewhat circumstantial you know at the time that we met we were both about halfway through college and so we weren't able to just like get married um and i mean you can but we didn't always we just didn't like that was what we were called to do you know and so yeah. um I, you know, you don't navigate the pace of a relationship with a perfect, you know, three-step, yeah. you know, manual. Mm-hmm. But I think what really helped us discern when was the right time to get engaged? When was the right time to get married? How can we do this um, in a way that's, you know, honoring God-honoring and pure and intentional? And so for... Us, you know, and we weren't—we were in interesting situations. I was in a sorority, he was on a football team. Like, we didn't have all this influence around us, like all the time telling us, you know, the best way to go. Yeah, we were actually being told a lot of opposing messages. Wow, to totally. Yeah, um, I can imagine. But what we really found is there's so much value in godly counsel and just mm. trusted counsel. Like, yeah, you know, you don't even want to pursue a relationship until you, like, so often we think, oh, well, when the relationship is serious, that's when I'll introduce them to my parents. And I think it should actually be the opposite. We met each other's parents within the first month of dating or you're just getting to know each other. And that sounds like, whoa, too serious, too fast. And actually, no, it's not because the last thing you want to do is fall head over heels for someone and then have those who know your heart and can look at it with an objective perspective and want the very best for you to say, you know what? I don't think that's very healthy or Mm. I don't really see this being the best situation for you. That is like the worst news you can ever get, especially Mm. when you're super invested. And so, in order to set the healthy pace of a relationship and even just consider if you should pursue that relationship from the get-go is to seek counsel. Seeking counsel is like one of the wisest things we can do, but we can be so prideful and not do it. And so that was really helpful for us. And when we were able to, you know, introduce one another to our parents and have their feedback, and it's not because we were just kids. I mean, we were... 20 something adult. I mean, we were adults, you know, we could really make that decision. We were in college, we were moved out of their house, like, but we really felt the importance of including our family. So, whether it's parents or siblings or another trusted mentor in your life, it's so important because those people do ultimately want the best for you. And sometimes our emotions can deceive us when we get excited about something. So, that's really that was really helpful from the get go. And it was really helpful throughout the course of our relationship. We were able to seek counsel, you know, and that doesn't mean you always take everything that they tell you, but it helps you look at the relationship through an objective lens and a wise lens and a biblical lens. And so that's the number one thing I can give and, you know, Mm, the number one piece of advice that I can give. Mm -hmm. Um, And secondly, you know, be prayerful. Like if you have um, Mm -hmm. a lack of peace about something or you feel like just uncomfortable or you're having hesitation, that's probably there for a reason. Yeah. Um, And so while there is no rush, you know, there's also, you know, if you feel like you're called to be a little bit quicker about things, then like, great, you know? Um, but, but you shouldn't be making that decision by yourself because your emotions are involved. And that's why having objective counsel and seeking counsel from a few sources, from a close friend, from a trusted mentor, maybe from your mom, like that is going to help you so much and help you make a really, take really wise steps forward and towards your end goal. And really set your own goal from the beginning, be intentional about talking. And if someone, if the other party could not handle, you know, you saying, Hey, what are your intentions for this? That's not like, you deserve to know that if you're going to give your time to someone, you deserve to know like where they're headed and what, what they plan to use it for. And if it's just for their own gain or just to like toy around with for a while, then it is not worth your investment. And so really you can, you can really create a healthy timeline for a relationship by seeking counsel from others. And secondly, having those hard conversations sets some real intentions. And that doesn't mean we have to decide if we're going to get married, but like, are we even working towards that kind of? If not, what are we doing? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. And being super prayerful along the the way. That is such good, wise mm-hmm. advice. Because also mm-hmm. I think when you have the feelings or moments of maybe I have a lack of peace, I think it's really wise to be able to to sort that out. It, you can't just say, I have a lack of peace. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm breaking up or this is not good. Like, I yes. think it's really important to to pray through that and seek counsel through that. Mm -hmm. If you are experiencing a lack of peace, because sometimes our hearts can be deceiving. So, um, Mm -hmm. just always seeking that prayer and counsel throughout those moments. And I think that's something people struggle with so much. They're like, okay, immediately I feel one small thing that's off. Okay. I'm out, you know, Mm -hmm. or they don't have the, or there's not that, um, awareness for if something is off because there's so much
1: like excitement and, you know, um, just like you said, infatuation, that that can also Mm -hmm. shadow like our better judgment, you know, kind of veil our eyes and we can be kind of blind and we can just be like, I'm so eager. I just want to jump into this. You know, I've seen people (laughs) that I love jump into relationships and even jump into marriage and almost, and then be like, wait a second, (laughs) you know? And at the same time, I've seen people that I, that did have a very short engagement, very short dating period, but they were seeking wise counsel. They were prayerful. They were in the Word. They were, you know, trusting Holy Spirit's guide in that, and mm-hmm. they have a beautiful marriage. You know, and there was no doubt whatsoever. But yeah. even when doubts will creep up, because the enemy will try to deceive us into thinking a good thing isn't a good thing, because totally. he doesn't want us to flourish. Yeah, he
0: doesn't, he doesn't want, want, want to good have marriages. Joy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Exactly. Yeah, that's so good. And th- it's good to say like there's not one set timeline for anyone, but to take those pieces that you just said and really apply those to a relationship to be able to navigate it healthily and. Figure out what the right timeline is for you. It's not going to be the same for everyone. But if you have right. those factors, you could probably be more confident that other people are involved, that the Lord is involved first and foremost, and that you are on this together as a team navigating it and being yeah. open and communicating that together.
1: Totally. And be prepared for if you hear something you don't want to hear.
0: Mm, like when you seek yeah.
1: counsel, you're basically yeah. giving someone permission to hurt your feelings, but it's yes. in Proverbs that the the kisses of an enemy can be deceiving, mm-hmm. but the wounds of a friend are to be trusted. And so when we know so that true. someone has our best interest in mind, like even if it's not the response that we'd like to hear or, you know, things like, for example, Matt's from Arizona and I'm from Indiana. And so the year, you know, the year we met, I really wanted to go out and like meet his extended family. I wanted to go and visit his family mm-hmm. and spend time in Arizona. And um, my mom was really, really wise. And she's like, Do you think that's like? Do you need to do that right now? That is a big trip. That's a big commitment. Like, maybe wait a few months. You know, and she was helping me think wisely on the best timing to do that. She Mm -hmm. wasn't saying not to, and that was frustrating to me in the moment. I was like, No, I want to go and hang out in the mountains and like meet people. I love that. You know. Yeah. And so my my emotions were frustrated, and I didn't Mm want to let him down. Um, but she helped me think through like you know, and I ended up still going at the time, but she said, maybe don't go for a full week, maybe go for three days, go for a long weekend Mm -hmm. so that you're not in his family space. You don't know them yet. Like she was giving me wisdom. And as much as I would have loved to just spend a whole week there, she helped me do it in a way that paced our relationship in a more healthy
0: way that, you know, I was able to
1: approach the situation better. So that's why it's so important to have that counsel.
0: Yeah, because sometimes our selfish desires can be a little clouding, you know, of course. Like you're like, wait, but I want to do that. But wait, Mm -hmm. oh, that's not Mm -hmm. the answer I wanted you to give me. Okay, but gosh, that is probably better for my heart. And this person has Mm -hmm. my back and I trust them. So, okay, I'm going to listen to them. And it's hard to do that and humble ourselves to be open to receiving that. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey friends, question for you. Are you ready to take our relationship to the next level? (laughs) Don't worry, this is a good thing. I want to invite you to be a part of the Heart of Dating inner circle. I am so thankful for Patreon because it gives artists and creators the ability to raise funds to do what they do best in crafting amazing works for their communities by allowing you, the fiercest of the fierce audience, to sign up for monthly pledges to support. You can sign up to support this podcast for as little as $5 a month, which these days is equivalent to one hipster cup of coffee. Let's just be real. So what's in it for you? Our Patreon clan will have first access to our episodes as well as behind the scenes looks into interviews, process, and more. It would mean the world to me if you checked out the Heart of Dating Patreon page so we can together empower others to live their best dating lives. I really want to continue to bring you helpful episodes, the best possible interviews, and stellar content. You can find out more at www.patreon.com forward slash heart of dating. So I know you get asked this all the time, but I think the listeners would love some insight on this as well. Practically speaking, how did you and Matt set boundaries so that you guys waited until marriage?
1: Yeah. Um, One thing that we committed to really early on was um, having really, really honest conversations because you can't set boundaries unless both parties are very clear on what that boundary actually is. Right. And like, you can't say things like, okay, like, can we go to first base or like like that first base to somebody like might be handholding and first base to somebody else might be making out. Like you have to be like, is this okay? Is this okay? And like, that's uncomfortable. Um, and that kind of like, you have to be very clear on what you're talking about. And so that was for us, like really, really helpful. And, um, Mm -hmm. not only having that conversation once, but actually revisiting that conversation several times throughout our relationship, Mm -hmm. because there are times you want to give in. There are times that it gets hard. There are times that you're like, Ugh, is this really worth it? Like, did God really say? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's like, think about it. That is the that is the phrase that the serpent tempted Eve with that created yes. the fall of mankind. So, did God really say? You know? And God set parameters for the sake of helping us thrive, not mm, to punish us. You know. Mm-hmm. So if we can operate within those parameters, we can actually experience more freedom. But when we, but when the parameters get frustrating because they can, you know, or like our our own selfish desires make us want to jump outside the lines just to test it out, you know, we believe that like, okay, but like, did God really say like, you go to his word and it's kind of unclear. Like we play these games. And so for us, it's like, we had to always be intentional about having clarity, but we also, you know, did things to put it into practice and tangibly see the progress. Like Mm -hmm. we, like I said, we did have a long, we had a two and a half year dating engagement or dating period or a two-year dating period or something. And then our engagement was 14 months. And let Mm. me tell you, being engaged for 14 months when you know you're getting married, like Oof. it's not even a question anymore. Yeah. And you're like waiting. It's almost like, what are we doing this for? Like it was so easy to like justify every reason to like quit. Um, mm. but what we intentionally had started from the beginning of our relationship was we, <laughs> it's just a fun little exercise, but think about it when you are like working towards a goal, like losing weight and you want to lose 20 pounds. When you see that number on the scale, go down a little up by little every day, it actually like motivates you yeah. to keep going. Like, so true. Undo all the progress you've made. Right? You're like, yes. That's kind of what. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Win. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of the, um, you know, I think we can either look forward and see all that hasn't been done, or we can look back and see the progress that has been done, and allow us to allow that to propel us into the future. So mm-hmm. every single day, for at least the time that we were on campus and not long distance, what we did is we had these jars. And we mm-hmm. each cut one in our house. We went to Walmart, got a couple of jars, got some marbles, <laughs> like the most random thing. It's so cute. And, oh my gosh. And he had my jar and my marbles. So he had like a glass jar with white marbles. And then I had his jar with blue marbles. Mm. And so what we would do is we keep the bag of marbles next to the jar. And if like every day that passed that we said, like we were intentional about not putting ourselves in situations that would make it more difficult. Like we were helping the other when the other one was struggling. Like we really intentionally made steps to honor God today in every yeah. aspect of our relationship, we would award the other one a marble, you know? And at first yeah. it seemed kind of silly, but then after 10 days, after 20 days, after 40 days, like it started to fill up this jar and we were like, wow, we've actually come a long way, you yeah. know? And a lot of people ask me, well, what'd you do on a day that you struggled? Well, we just wouldn't give ourselves a marble. That doesn't mean you like crossed a boundary, but it was like, okay, we weren't being as disciplined. Like, you know, we were kind of putting ourselves in questionable situations or like we were really struggling not to cross that line, or, like whatever it was, like, yeah. Let's not, be fake about the fact that there was a struggle now and then. Yeah, you know? of course. So I would—I I think we would take one out too. I don't even remember that part, but it was just like, you don't want to see backtrack. So when you're in a moment where like, it's so tempting, you're like, but I want to see progress from today. I want to call today a victory day, you know? Yeah. So that really helped us. And we began to see it and it was like, it spurred us on. It didn't make it easy by any means, but it was like, but we're working towards something and yeah. we can see how far we've come. Let's not mess it up now. You know? So
0: on That's like so good.
1: 12 of engagement, we were like, Okay, just a little longer. You know like how full our jars are. So,
0: <laughs> They're you know, almost the to the brim. Yeah, exactly. like in that exactly. capacity, if, if you did that exercise and let's say you're a couple doing that exercise and you have a few marbles in it, let's say you put some marbles in the jar but then it stays at one place for so long, it would be mm-hmm. kind of defeating. You'd be like, wait, why am I – there's no progress. What's going on? Mm-hmm. It's almost like an indicator of, okay – we, we aren't really doing this right. Let's re-examine, like, why are we continually having to struggle mm-hmm. with this? Like, what can we do to set us ourselves up for maybe yeah. some better You can success? see the
1: struggle more tangibly. It's yes. not you can really ignore. Yes. Yeah. And you know, so our end goal, and this is the saddest part of the story because I was like so bummed because the whole point of this was then on our wedding day mm-hmm. to be able to, and that's why it's so important mm-hmm. to talk about intentions. Cause mm-hmm. even if we hadn't ended up getting married, like we knew that's ultimately what dating is the per- like that's the purpose of seriously dating. So yeah. that's what we knew we were working towards. And you know, unless God had, would have led us a different direction. And so our goal was, okay, when we get to the end of this whole thing and we get to the point where we can give ourselves to each other fully and completely, we will pour these jars into one. So Mm. his head, his said faith, mine said hope, and then we were going to get a bigger jar that said love. So that was kind of the goal, and we were going to, oh like, God. mine the jar. Because you don't so have to keep cute. the marble separate anymore, right? Yeah. Like, it's, you become one. Uh-huh. So instead of unity sand or I something, that's what we were going to do. And so that was the goal. And then, dum-dum, over here, I just forgot to bring the jars. And <gasps> I, like, didn't even think about it. And so we didn't end up doing it. But the point of the story is that God gave us that idea so that we could tell others so that you guys can remember to do it on your
0: wedding. Oh my God. We just forgot. <laughs> I love how real that is. This is yeah. the whole goal for 14 months. And then, oh gosh, darn, I forgot it. <laughs> yeah. We like didn't even think about it our wedding. Like, yeah. Honestly, it was well, so- Because you had like, already conquered it so at that point too. Yeah. yeah well, and wedding
1: planning is so crazy that like even the weeks leading into, I kind of forgot about it. Like it wasn't nearly as much of a focus because we had family coming in and life happened. Um, yeah. and he was playing with the Steelers. So like the last couple of months leading up to our wedding, we didn't really need it because we were mm. long distance and it was just like, not even a question, like it wasn't even an option, but it did help us get up to that point where we were really close to our wedding day. So we didn't need it anymore, but that oh, caused so us cool. to forget about it. And I was so sad because then after our wedding, I was
0: like, oh. Oh my gosh, we worked towards that for like years. I didn't know, it, but <laughs> you're like, babe, oh no. Oh, All right. I, yeah. I love it though. That's so cool. But it's a great exercise. Yeah. And it's a
1: really great practice, like you said, practical. Mm, and progress practical. helps with the long haul. And practice creates perseverance. And that's what it requires. And mm. we're not a culture that likes perseverance. We are a culture of instant gratification. We want everything now. We want, We want to, we want to eat. We go to open table. We want movies. We go to Netflix. We want entertainment. You know what I mean? It's just like everything is at our fingertips. But when we have to wait for something like that, it's like so soul scrubbing, but so good. Mm, It's so against the normal cultural
0: standards of having everything instantly. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Jordan. So so much of your ministry is about being open about your brokenness and I I so love that. And so I just want to switch gears for a second and see if we could talk about just not having it all together in relationship. You've talked pretty openly in the past that when you and Matt met, a lie that you dealt with was that he was the one who had it all together and he was loved on campus at your school and there were maybe some things you were dealing with when you first met him. So would you be open to talking about some of that and how that what that looked like for you guys when you first met? Yeah, absolutely. Well, While-
1: you know, Matt was on the football team. So in my mind, I was like, okay, double win. And then, you know, (laughs) he was involved in the campus ministry and, you know, he was not perfect by any means. And he will be the first to tell you about it. He's like, oh my gosh, I was struggling with temptation. There were mistakes I made, you know, like I was no perfect Christian, but Mm. he's well respected. And, you know, obviously he was on the football team, so people know who you are. And, um, Mm -hmm. just with that, you know, and he was really biblically strong that I didn't really know the word very well at that time. And so I was kind of growing in it. And so I always felt intimidated whenever he would teach me something like I probably should have been grateful, but I was more like, I don't like that. You know that. And I don't, (laughs) Um, but that's like pride. So let's just put yeah, that out there. Yeah. Um, that's so real though. So good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of, you know, and then from, from my perspective, you know, I mean, I came from a really solid home and great background and things like that. Like ultimately it's not like I was had this horrible, you know, situation, but I was dealing with the, some of the things that your typical college girl mm-hmm. can struggle with, you know? And yeah. I had that summer really, I mean, I literally like starved myself the summer before oh. my sophomore year, I think. And it was like a recovering issue and I was running all the time. And, Many people would comment, like, You look really thin and I took it as a compliment. Mm. Turns out it was concern, you know. So um lots a lot of weight and just really kind of got into an obsessive just really obsessed with exercise and and dieting. Like I would sometimes say no to going to dinner with friends because I didn't think there would be anything on the menu that would fit within my calorie like limit because I had a really, really low calorie limit. Yeah. Just things like that. And so that was like a really toxic like mentality and just lifestyle that I was living. Um, and you know, the year before that I had struggled with just really being a part of the party scene. And so a lot of the groups that I ran with was really a part Mm -hmm. of that. And so I often would compare our friend groups. I'm like, okay, well all my friends are doing this and your friends are like leading Bible study. You Mm -hmm. know, I just like think like that. And that's not entirely true, but I just didn't feel like I had really solid Gothic community community at that Mm -hmm. point in my life when we first met. But the difference is, is you know, it's not like it was, I always want to clarify that it wasn't like he was mission ministry dating. Cause I even look back, I'm like, I don't know why you said to me, I was a hot mess. Like I was just like <laughs> struggling to like, try to, you know, be intentional. And he was like, no, but you had a heart for the Lord. Like, it wasn't like you mm. were just like, like careless. And anytime you struggled with something, you just were like, whatever, you know, he yeah. said, you genuinely led like a godly grief and you wanted to pursue the Lord. You knew there was something better. And he said, I saw your heart, you know, he said, no one's perfect. So like, cool. you know, and yeah. I think that's the lie we can believe. So, you know, my biggest encouragement from that season and, I at, and it really helped me grow. You know, he, yeah. I would say it was like, he certainly wasn't the one that led me to the Lord or anything like that, but he was like, um, like iron sharpens iron. He, he was like, Hey, here's this godly, Community group, like, might be helpful for you. And I wasn't like I was fighting. I was like, yes, and I threw myself into it. You know, so yeah. Was just, like this great resource that the Lord, loved. not resource, but He kind of helped me within the resource of here's a great group to get involved in. Here's something that I love doing, and it just helped me grow.
0: He really helped yeah. me grow. Um, gosh, that's so good. Because from Matt's perspective, it would have been easy for him to maybe say, oh, I, I want to be a girl that has X, Y, Z things together before pursuing mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Because in his case, whatever, he seemingly had it together. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome that you say that, that he saw your heart's intention. And that was more important than your, where you were at, at that current moment.
1: Totally. And the, the reason I even share that story ever, like, it's not the fun thing to share, but the reason I share it is because I think sometimes we either are like, okay, I want to become this way so that God will bless me with the relationship. And it's like, Mm. uh, first of all, you're never guaranteed that. Um, and don't, don't intentionally like do things that are good for that. Like that's Mm -hmm. the wrong motive. You know, um, I wasn't seeking, like I said, I wasn't looking for him when all this, when I I met him, you know, I actually just really wanted to know God and he just helped me like learn different ways to study the word and get involved in community and a very big secular university, that kind of thing. So the Lord just blessed me with that. But in the same way, I wasn't doing it for Matt, you know, I was Mm -hmm. already pursuing that myself. Um, that doesn't mean I wasn't struggling though. And so I think the importance of that is like, we can sometimes, you know, we never want to just settle. And I, and oftentimes it can be girls or females who feel like, well, he's not making every decision perfectly. Or like, yeah, he loves God. Um, but he's like struggling in this department and you know, ultimately our fruit is a clear indication of our root. And so if it's a repeated behavior Mm -hmm. and it's this ongoing thing and it's clear that he doesn't have the remorse of it, like, yeah, major red flag probably like doesn't have the healthiest heart, you know, Yeah. but that's not the story. The story is I was intentionally pursuing the Lord, but I struggled. I was still like recovering from a few areas. I didn't have it like completely put together. And I think sometimes mm. we believe the lie of like, well, I have to meet the perfect godly man and he can never struggle with anything. Like, even though we would never yeah. say it that way, yeah. I think that's the lie we sometimes believe. And it's like, where's his heart first? Like, stop. We yeah. look so often at the appearance. First, look at his heart. And obviously the fruit is is a clear indication of the root or of his heart. But if is he remorseful if he's tripped up, you know, or is he more like you could it's clear. It's just clear. And so, you know, yeah. no perfect person exists. And if we really waited until today, someone until they were perfect, like we would all be lonely, you know? Like, yeah. So yeah. that's what Matt said. He's like, Jay, you really weren't that bad. I'm like, I know, but I just feel like I've come so far and grown so much in so many ways. He's like, yeah, that's called sanctification. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah. It just we can see ourselves in such a negative light. And I think that can really allow us to believe the lies that we aren't good enough or we aren't lovable Mm. or we have to become a certain person in order to be loved. And it's like, no, let's pursue the Lord. And if it be his
0: will, he will put the right person in our path. And Mm. we just get our
1: motives all mixed up.
0: Yeah. So I guess the question there is if someone is actually going through a really difficult time right now, even someone listening, I just Mm. to encourage them that that doesn't mean that they can't necessarily date right? Like it, it, you know, and it's again, like, know your heart, like what's your motive for dating? Is it because you feel like someone needs,
1: is it because you're looking for someone to complete you or heal you? That's not going to happen. And then you're going to be discouraged. And that's too big of a responsibility to put on someone. However, just because you've experienced challenges in your life, or you might be struggling with something, are you standing in your identity as a daughter of God, you know, like, or as a son of God, like, do you know who you really are? That doesn't mean you're never going to trip up. Like, The sin can entangle us, Um, but are you actively pursuing him? Yes. And is that what you are ultimately longing for in a relationship? Mm. Yes. You are not like unqualified from the dating pool because you're not perfect. (laughs) Mm. You know, it's just no, be wise. And if you're not sure, seek counsel. If you've really gone through something really, really heavy and right now you're almost like wanting someone to... Like, be, okay, I will tell you the perfect yeah, example. Like the, relationship of, the relationship before I dated Matt, I kind of fell into because it was a season when I experienced a lot of loss. It was my freshman mm. year of college. I was two months into college and I had just experienced the first time losing someone very close to me to death
0: and mm. never
1: watched someone die. So that was incredibly, like, overwhelming. And I felt alone on campus. I didn't quite have a friend group yet. You know, I just didn't have a support system when I experienced that so early on in college. And so I kind of fell into this relationship because someone was there for me. That was an unhealthy reason to get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was almost depending on that person. So when that relationship that ended, you know, it was almost like, oh my gosh, what's my foundation? Like, who am I even, who am I, you know? So
0: you really do have to evaluate. It's conditional. You may have even had to like revisit some of that grief that you dealt with because you kind Mm -hmm. of filled it with that temporary void in that moment with that relationship, which often we can do, right? We turn to like food often or different things randomly. Like, I've had a bad Mm -hmm. day. I'm going to eat a box of chocolate, but I've had Mm -hmm. a bad few months. So I want to get a boyfriend, you know, Mm -hmm. and or -hmm. something like that. Or I'm super lonely right now. And it just, it seems really... I, I'm really discouraged, so I I need a boyfriend. Yes, and so it's mm-hmm. really like it, it's
1: not that you can't date someone. It's, yeah, you know, you might be struggling. What with is your intention? But examine the posture of your heart, mm. because if your motive is to fill a void or to find someone to complete you, like that's a complete lie, and you're going to be let down. But if you're struggling with something and ultimately pursuing God, and then God puts someone in your life, don't automatically discredit it because you think like. I have to become this specific way first. Like, no, you are going to continue to be refined. No one ever fully arrives Mm. on the side
0: of heaven. That's a lie, you know? So it's just really being wise, seeking counsel and examining your heart. Mm, So good. So in terms of that and not having it all together, what about two people coming together where that may be at different places of the faith? I know you kind of mentioned that earlier, but if one person is maybe a little bit newer in faith than the other, would that be a deal breaker? Or is that something you can work through? Um.
1: I think you just got to make sure you have the same savior Um, and it's authentic Mm. Um, because otherwise, if you, you know, if you're in an ungodly relationship, like run now, because you know, it's, if it's clearly like dragging you down, it's not going to help you in the future. But if it's, you know, if it's one of those things where you're getting to know someone and they may have, for example, maybe they've only been a Christian for six months and you've been a Christian for five years. Like, that's not a deal breaker in the sense that you're equally Mm -hmm. yoked. They may not be as well. Like, that was our situation. I wasn't as well versed in scripture, you know, understanding how to, like, just the personal element of my faith was newer for me. But it wasn't that I didn't believe in God. It wasn't that I didn't share the same gospel. And in fact, I was actually falling head over heels in love with the Lord. It was just Mm -hmm. newer for me. We were just in different seasons of our faith, but we shared the same faith. And I think that's the key. Um, Because... It's, mm-hmm. Being equally yoked doesn't mean you can like for example Matt and I now there are times where I'm stronger in my faith than he is because he's going through a difficult season like when he got cut from the Steelers and was you know trying to figure out his next steps with his career and you know football can be really hard to yeah it's a very emotional career because you're up and down and you never really know where you are and it's unstable yeah. and so in that season like you know sometimes he had to borrow my faith but we shared the same faith and we worshiped the same Jesus you know it wasn't yes. like this oh you say you believe in that and you grew up going to church but like you're not like I don't see you walking, it, you know, like that's what you have to just like really look at is what's the posture of the heart and how is that, how is the fruit, what is the fruit of that? And you won't always be in the exact same position where you start, but Are you working towards the same end goal? I don't think it's so much about the start. It's more about what's both of your end Mm. goal and do you share a common end goal?
0: Yeah. And also, is that person going to be still working on those things regardless of you being there, right? Because you don't want – if you have an inkling that the person may only be doing those things because of their desire to be in the relationship, that's a red flag. Are they actually intentionally trying to pursue Jesus and would they be doing that Mm -hmm. regardless of you were there encouraging them to do it? Right. Right. So what would your input be, Jordan, for couples who might be hesitant to get married based on financial constraints? Because I know that you and Matt, you guys got married. You were right out of college. Did you get married? It was the year after I graduated. Year and after like I a graduated. year
1: and a half after he graduated. Okay, yeah.
0: So in that, with the all having it all together, does the man have to or woman have to have it all together financially before before dating or before getting married? Or what is what did that look like for you guys?
1: Uh, no, because think <laughs> about this. The like being married is a commitment and it's an, it's, it's an act of obedience before the Lord. And I think sometimes like the enemy will use financial like stress to say like, Oh, just live together. It's easier. Or like, Oh, just like, don't get married because you guys don't know what you're doing yet. Like you kind of figure it out together. Literally Matt had just gotten cut from the sealers two weeks before our wedding. And mm-hmm. I wasn't really working like a full time, like normal dependable career. I was like kind of building soul scripts and like doing some photography on the side. Yeah. And it was just like really formative years for all that to become, it was like, it was like a fun thing that I started and then it became a little more intentional, but it was like just me pouring my heart into it and not making any kind of financial, like I wasn't earning money off of anything, you know? So then I started a little photography and then, you know, it was like, it was nothing super stable. Because um, the time before we got married, I just lived back with my parents. I didn't want to go like live with roommates or anything like that. It just didn't seem like a worthy investment. So anyways, um, you know, we got married and it was like, neither of us had jobs. <laughs> we had the gifts that we got from our wedding and that was it. Um, And you're like, okay, honey,
0: let's do this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I guess I had a job, but it wasn't like a steady job, you know? Yeah. Blogging and photography is like so up and down and I wasn't doing photography a whole lot because I knew God was calling me to write. It was very confusing. So honestly... That it's amazing because we were like, Well, we're just gonna take the step of faith. Like, we know we're called to be one, and Mm. we're not gonna sit here and like squabble over the nickels and dimes. We're gonna trust that the Lord will provide. And it was incredible because even though we had a first couple of months of like, Oh my gosh, this is stressful, He like went above and beyond in our first year and met every need and beyond our needs and Mm. just was like so sweet to us. And then sometimes, like, God asks us to take a step of obedience before He blesses it, if that makes sense. Like, He blesses us all the time, but I think we, if we're sitting there like saying okay I'm not going to get married and honor God in my relationship and make that commitment because of money we're making money our God and letting money dictate our decisions yes. rather than letting God dictate our decisions so Oof. yes financial stress is real and that might carry into the first few months of marriage honestly the first few months of marriage are hard regardless and they're yeah. challenging
0: regardless Yeah, um, combining and, two lives to one Yeah, yeah but mm. you're
1: learning to depend on God rather than making the other your source of dependence or your joy or your, your job your sense of dependence and so mm. I would highly, I mean, from our own experience, like we know what it's like to get married and not have like a super stable financial situation. And then just watch, like God will always come through. You just have to like, your job is to obey and say yes, and choose to take steps towards commitment in a culture that will not so often Yeah. and stop making excuses. Like just stop making excuses. Like I know what it's like to want to make excuses. And when we didn't, I'm so grateful that we didn't like, we got married. We didn't hesitate. We knew that this was the right thing. And we didn't want to just Make excuse after excuse because there will always be a reason of like, oh well, this might be hard or that yeah. might be confusing. When you commit to someone, you give your full life, your bank account, your heart, your you you forfeit your rights literally, yeah. and you know it's like mm. until you can get in that mindset, like. I just – our culture makes so many excuses and I just really encourage you to not make excuses. Yeah.
0: I think there's also ways while you're dating, even if you don't have a lot of financial means, to be creative with date ideas, Mm -hmm. with how to date. I've had a lot of guys in the past that have been in between jobs and they've come up with the – coolest most creative date ideas it didn't cost a mm-hmm. lot of money of course it's like nice to go to a nice dinner once in a while but I think mm-hmm. you know there's so many other ways to to also date in the process of dating so worrying about the financial part making that be a hindrance for why you even ask a girl out or mm-hmm. vice versa is shouldn't be there because there's ways to be creative and you kind of figure that out as you go along with that person absolutely all right, girl. So I want to ask you a question. I've started to ask a lot of people. So if you could choose just one nugget of advice for Christian couples dating today in 2018, maybe like one or two lines, what what would you share with them?
1: Uh, change the culture. Don't be changed by the culture. Because you know, your relationship is a beam of light. If you let it be, people will look to you as an example in your corner of the universe. And it's so easy to be discouraged by the dating culture. And even if you're not a couple, like maybe you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a consistent, you know, maybe you're not exclusively seeing someone, but how you as an individual choose to approach this dating culture, even if that means that you don't, you know, do all the things everyone's doing. Like, I don't think it's necessarily bad to use resources like a dating app or anything, but I think we do have to be careful and be careful in how we Mm. like, we are called a live set apart. And so, you know, that the, the toxicity with that and the problem with that and the flip side of it being a good resource in some ways is it's actually making it harder and harder for people to commit. And it's actually been done. There's been so many studies done on those things about how, um, you know, it's important to meet people. And I encourage you to still go on dates, but it makes it really hard for anyone to commit or just be content with someone. Like it's really hard to enjoy coffee with someone when you have a catalogue of other people in your <laughs> in your pocket that could possibly be better. And we believe this idea yeah. of like, well, maybe there's someone even better out there for me. Instead of just saying, Let me just give this person a chance and really focus on what they're saying and who they are. Mm. And playing all the mind games and the ambiguity. It's like, no, from the very get-go, like if you choose to be a person that's intentional, that doesn't mean you have to scare someone off. And that doesn't mean you have to expect them to propose the first week that you know yeah. them. That's but that's not what intentional intentional Is like make sure that in everything that you're doing, you are being intentional, and others will see that, and that's what slowly changes the culture. We don't need picket fences and or picket signs, and like yeah. you know, a big like loud rowdy movement to <laughs> oh, change gosh, the culture. Yeah. It's one person at a time choosing to take a stand, and that's going to influence. I mean, it's been amazing to watch. Even one of my friends, she's had a total change of heart towards dating and like sex before marriage, and all of those things. And it's mm. been amazing to watch how just her choosing to stand in what God's really convicted her of to see how many people that knew her before see this change in her and then ask her questions and then even be interested in making those changes themselves. Like, we can't change the world, but we can change someone's world. And so my challenge to you and the best piece of advice I can give you as either an individual or a Christian couple or just a couple, like just if you are a couple or an individual, be committed to being a light and the the decisions that you make and the things that you do are going to be a direct reflection of who God is. And so Mm -hmm. what are you reflecting and are you being changed by the culture or are you making the change?
0: Yes. Girl, that is so good. I want to marinate on it for a second. Wow. Change the culture. Change the culture. So good. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jordan, you are amazing. So I just want the listeners to know where they can find and connect with you on the interwebs. Where, Where can they find you?
1: Oh man, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere's, everywhere's
0: everywhere. girl. I love it. Just, just call
1: my name. No, um, um, I love it. So I'm on Instagram. My personal page is Jordan Lee Julie, and that's also what it is on Facebook. Those are kind of my two main spaces Amazing. that I run. Jordan write Lee out. Julie. A, out my your content. name
0: rhymes. It's so cute. Jordan Lee Julie. I know. <laughs> tell me I have like a Dr. Seuss name. <laughs> I love it. Oh um, my gosh, funny.
1: Um, Easy to remember. So, yeah, that's. Facebook, Instagram—that's kind of where my like, where you'll find like my writing and stuff. It's kind of what I, where I put out my content. And then mm-hmm. um, Soul Scripts on Instagram is our page that is just our community and resource page. My team runs that; they do an incredible job. So those are kind of the social media outlets. I'm also on YouTube. Again, my name rhymes—Jordan Lee Dooley. It's pretty much that <laughs> everywhere. On Twitter, YouTube, Love Instagram, and Facebook, and, um, and then our website is thesoulscripts.com. So that is amazing. where we have all our resources and community mm-hmm. and all sorts of other fun stuff. The blog is there, so. Yep, that's right. And do you fun. have any fun projects coming up? Yes, actually, mm-hmm. I have my March of 2019, so just under a year from now, mid March of 2019. Um, they just set my official release date, so I think I can eventually <gasps> begin to announce that. Oh my so gosh! In March and I, yeah, I'm really excited. So that is resource number one. Um, that's and then we so also cool. have this spring. Yeah, we also have some really great resources. One is called Bible Study Bootcamp. It is a 12 week like workshop bootcamp through different passages of scripture and really actually teaching you how to dig deeper, find mm. contextual clues, learn the original meanings of words, draw connections, like actually bring your study to life. But it's, what I love it is because it's fun and it's intentional. Like Bible journaling has become like this big, exciting, fun, oh, fad,
0: which yes. I love. I love it too. Oh.
1: I think sometimes it can become more about the art. Um, like we'll paint one word across a page and like call it done. I'm like, that's not a Bible study. That's art. And so, for me, I can see that we have this desire to, you know, bring it to life and really see the color and the vibrance come out of it. So, but we also sometimes in doing that miss the intentionality. So what I what I love about this is it's honestly like an art form, and it's got includes a lot of color and highlighting techniques and ways to make it fun and creative, but still like whoa! I just pulled out so many layers of depth from this five, you wow. know, verse passage yeah. that I never would have seen otherwise. So there's Bible City Bootcamp, it's a 12 week course and, or like workshop. And in it, you get community, you get downloadable resources, Bible study tutorial videos. I mean, it is like
0: comprehensive.
1: Oh, that's so And cool. on top of that, the other really exciting resource is something called the She Refined Project. And that is a 12-month study through 12 different areas and the, the mm. really the top 12 areas women struggle most, you know, where brokenness can really seem to take root and be discouraging, including dating, including singleness, yes. including marriage, um, including so many other things like comparison and perfectionism and all those mm. things. And so um, really, it's an in-depth, every month is dedicated to one of those subjects and it's like an in-depth study conversation, Mm. um, you know, with a lot of tools and stuff. And then on top of that, really a lot of, like you said, practical
0: um, ways
1: to put that into practice to actually see change, not just say, Oh, I love that idea. And I believe this truth that I'm reading, but actually Mm. be able to be like, okay, Hey, I'm going to be able to, by the time I start this study to the time this month is over, I'm going to be able to move beyond the brokenness of bitterness Mm. in my marriage or experience more wholeness and unity in my friendships, you know, those kind of things. So it's actually meant to create change every single month within a specific area and over the course of a year in your entire life.
0: Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Um, well, Jordan girl, you are awesome. Thank you just so much for being on. You're a delightful human. And I loved our conversation today, girl. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. I so appreciate you tuning in today, friends. Jordan is literally sweet as pie, and that was so much fun. She challenged us in so many areas, and I really appreciated how she talked about not having to have it all together before going out on a date, and that instead, it's around our heart posture and our desire to love God and seek change. Her entire story with Matt is really just such an inspiration, and I especially love that she said to change the culture both individually and in dating. I feel so inspired by that, and I hope you do too. So let's do it. Let's change the culture, friends. I highly encourage you to check out her incredible ministry, The Soul Scripts. Also, if you support this mission, I'd love, love, love for you to hit subscribe on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can also stay up to date with show notes on heartofdating.com, and you can follow along on Instagram at at HeartOfDating. And, you know, if you happen to know a friend or two that might need some dating help, I'd love for you to share this with them and get them to also support this. We have some amazing guests coming up in the coming weeks, and I am confident you will love it. So stick with me as we journey through this together. Until next time, friends.